Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Welcome back. Another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy, where we today have Katie. Uh, Katie wrote in to us to talk about a few things that I, I want her to, to take us into a little bit deeper, um, but some, some themes I think that I, a lot of people will probably be able to kind of you know, connect to and, and take away, hopefully, from dealing with this feeling of being stuck, right? And more specifically, based on what you wrote in, it's it's being stuck after kind of dealing with, you've got a traumatic past. Um, it sounds like just kind of processing all of that, making sense of it, moving forward through whatever's got you feeling stuck. And just this idea of feeling like really emotionally drained by it all. Um, but yeah, I'd love for you to take us into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, so I grew up, um, I had a very traumatic childhood. Um, and then, you know, went into my teen years, uh, early 20s, even 30s, more trauma, unfortunately. Um, I lost a few babies and um, it's just been, it's just been a very, um, it's been a very rough few years. I am working on myself now, but one of the things that I'm finding is that I'm feeling really stuck in life. Like, you know, with my career, with my, you know, marriage, um, my relationships, we moved across the country and now I'm trying to decide, you know, we're thinking about making another move and it's just a lot going on. Um, but I guess what I'm wondering is how do you get the motivation or how do you become unstuck? Mm. Um, you know, when you're looking at all these different things and it just, it seems like a lot. 
Yeah, I feel like that's a big question, Katie, right? Um, and so, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, a little bit more about what you're starting to understand. It sounds like you're doing some work around unpacking your childhood and looking at maybe some things that you haven't looked before. What are some of the things that are starting to make a little bit more sense? Some of the, the pieces that you're starting to put together as you unpack things. So as I start to unpack things, I feel like, you know, I kind of dealt with the top things that were really, you know, traumatic, like maybe the losing my babies, um, a few things like that. And now I feel like as I go deeper, I'm going back further into my childhood and that's almost making me more, um, I don't know. Yeah. Stuck. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still, maybe it's paralyzing me in a sense, mm -hmm. um, the deeper I go. But I know that in order to become unparalyzed, I probably need to continue to go backwards. Hmm. I don't know if that's correct. I mean, it feels it really correct for yeah. me. I think, you know, as you're speaking, what's coming up for me, and I know Vanessa and I are sort of looking at each other in recognition of the process of this, right? And it sounds like you're really in the midst of the process. And I think what happens a lot of times is that we want to sort of speed up the process. We want to get there already. We want to um, come to the conclusion. And, and, you know, I think sometimes it does feel like we're stuck when we're in the midst of doing some of the work that we need to do to understand how I got to where I am right now. Um, but I, I definitely want to ask how that feels to hear me say that. It, it feels right. I, I think I think you're spot on. Um, it makes me feel a lot better too hearing that mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, I, it's okay to feel like mm -hmm. this occasionally, you know, yeah. I just you're don't want to feel like, wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I think what we can offer is that this is what it feels like right now. This is absolutely not what it will always feel like, you know, um, I think every one of us who have ever been in process, most of us, like that process continues, but it does start to change. And I think it changes um, and is surprising to you. It changes without you even recognizing, you know, oh, wow, while I've been in process, I've really changed. And the way I feel about life has really changed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a little bit of an offering of reassurance to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think what you said, Danae, is is so on point in that for a lot of us, um, we expect the change to look or to feel or to smell or to sound a certain way, and that we'll know it when we know it. And I think for the vast majority of people that I've worked with, myself included, it's been almost like a aha or like an oh wow, I didn't even realize that I had been changing so much um, mm. until I had a moment where I looked back and went, damn. Um, and so I guess I say that to let you know that. It, you know, it, it's not going to be, it's probably not going to be super apparent to you while you're in it, that the changes and the growth and the unstuckness is actually happening. Um, for a lot of us, it's like that whole hindsight thing. Um, and just know that that's, that's normal, whatever that means. <laughs> that mm. word. That's yeah. good to know. I, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. So Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your life looks like these days we're in the midst of you know 
2020 and all of the shifts that that has inevitably brought for everyone. Um, you said that you and your husband are contemplating moving. Why don't you give us a little, like, bring us into what your day-to-day is looking like? So um, we are looking at moving out of the state that we're in. Um, our daughter, uh, we have several children, and one of our kids um, is kind of struggling. Um, this whole COVID, you know, how with this time that we're in, with everything being shut down and not being able to see friends um, has really had a played a big part um, on her mental mm-hmm. health. And so we're looking to be a little bit closer to family um, and just maybe be um, somewhere where she's closer to her cousins. Um, but we're looking at, we're trying to decide, do we move? Do we not move? What do we do? Um, it's a big, it's a big, process to try to pack everything up and move across the country mm-hmm. so that's kind of um where we're at right now um and that's frustrating because I absolutely love where we live mm-hmm. but I understand you know you know kind of her needs and my husband also you know would like to move as well to be closer to family so that's kind of you know uh, a big deal you could say Right. And when you're saying this too, what's coming up for me is uh, while you're in the midst of unpacking and going back and kind of working through your past and, and why you're, you know, in the place that you're in emotionally, it sounds like you're also really trying to balance, obviously being a mother and a partner with their needs and what's going to make maybe them happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though it sounds like, you know, that staying where you're at actually makes you happy. So there is some, um, maybe tension there or some, I don't know, I think as women, maybe sometimes we, you know, we, we have to put people before ourselves, like our kids sometimes, and, and that can be really um, hard, especially when we know that what we're doing actually feels really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I think that there is a part of me that as much as I love where we are right now, it's so hard to see her not happy mm-hmm. that I feel like I'll be able to relax and be happy. I mean, I'm happy now, but I'll feel like once her and my husband are happy, I'll be able to be happier if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe that's a weird way of looking at it. Not a weird way of looking at it. And what I would also offer is, you know, what was coming up for me as you're talking about this stage that you guys are all in is a little bit of this is the liminal space that we are in collectively right now right we sort of um and so these are these in-between spaces right like where we're not where we were um and we're becoming something new but we're not there yet and i just i really feel like collectively we are in a little bit of this space like so many of us have all of these things that we want to do places that we want to go what we imagine our life will look like when and if we're out of this period of time that is so difficult and we have no choice but now right like there's things that we are anxious to get done and move on from and some of it is like the universe something asking us to be in discomfort a little bit so i guess i say all that to say yes absolutely i think that there are things that we can do to sort of shift the energy where we are and we do realize now how much we need one another and i think that there is certainly um benefit to looking at like would it make more sense to be closer to family and have that sense of connection and 
some of this is us learning to be in the space of we're not all going to be happy right now. Mm. Right. Um, and I do think that is like a really important lesson that all of us are not only learning how to sort of model and teach our kids, but that discomfort that we're learning to sit in ourselves, right? Like this is not the happiest time for so many of us, you know, there's a lot of grief and there's a lot of discomfort that we can't outrun and we are sort of collectively learning to sit in it. I know that's a little bit of a spiel, but that's um, so Danae, kind of what So what it up. sounds like you're saying too is this idea of like, while that's most likely going to be a positive for the whole family, um, also almost like beware of, is there this feeling of like, well, when we move, it'll all be happy. Then we'll be happy, right? right. Like it's that the next thing, the next place will bring us happiness. And then what happens if we're still in this space where not everybody's happy. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I have, um, I have definitely brought that up to um, my children and my husband and kind of said, you know, we're still going to have to do a lot of work. We're still mm-hmm. going to have to, you know, there's still going to be a lot of, of, it's not just going to be like a, a magic wand and voila, like in the movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What do you feel like, you know, Kate, for you right now, um, you know, I'm imagining you doing your work, but I'm also imagining you trying to kind of hold up, champion, be there as support for everybody in the family. Who are you relying on? Who are you leaning on? Who, who do you go to when you need to be held up? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> I have been seeing a therapist. Um, and so usually I go vent and that's pretty much, I do have a few really amazing friends and I vent to them as well. So, Mm. um, if it weren't for them, gosh, I'd be in so much trouble, (laughs) but poor things, they have to listen to me vent. And I, you know, I don't want to be that person either. That is just always, um, you know, Hey, I'm calling to vent, you know? Well, I think it's important to hold what is supportive in like, it is also supportive of our friends for us to vent. Like that is the bringing realness into the relationship. So I, you know, I want to say that to just honor that a lot of times it can feel like, oh, I'm bringing you all of my problems and that's a drain on you. And I think all of us need to sort of commiserate and process together and share that, you know, this is hard for all of us. And I think that's been healing for a lot of us to like really get in the depth of conversations that are real versus sort of the highlights of life with our friendships. But, you know, what I wonder if Vanessa's asking and I'm feeling a little pulled to know too is, you know, what is really filling you up with a sense of aliveness right now, right? Like we certainly need a place to let go of everything that's hard, but what's filling me up with something that like, this is what feels good right now. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably missing that right now because there are days where I am so drained. I just want to sleep and I know that's not healthy. So, um, if you guys have any ideas of, uh, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, it's, so there's a couple things that are floating around for me. The first is I want to also just quickly touch on the, the term or the idea that most of us have this idea of venting, um, and, and, clarify might be the wrong word, but maybe unpack the word a little bit to make sure that we differentiate between venting, which is definitely a thing that we need to do sometimes um, and is can be important, which feels a little bit like offloading, 
right? Like taking this stuff off my chest and off my shoulders and just kind of putting it out there mm-hmm. um, and then processing and unpacking and making sense of uh, and, and doing that, I guess, with somebody as a witness or with somebody to hold that space while we're kind of thrashing around in that space. Um, and, and because you're doing the work right now and you have a therapist and you're doing other things, uh, I would say almost like a little challenge for you. I would say um, maybe notice, maybe notice when you feel like you want to vent. So you want, you want to just literally, like I said, on take something off your chest and kind of put it out there. Or you want somebody to actually sit there with you and hold space for you to talk through and process um, what you're learning about yourself, what feelings are coming up for you, why those feelings are hard, maybe a discovery that you've made about yourself, you know, in therapy, Um, the journey, I guess. Uh, So I want to put that out there first before I forget. Um, And I guess also just ask what your thoughts are on, on that statement that I just made. I like it. I think that I think that I reserve the therapist more for the, um, I think that with, with the therapist, I tend to more vent, like as far, um, the first one you said, where I'm just kind of unloading to him, I guess. Mm, that's um, interesting. Yeah. And then my friends, I feel like is more where I unpack it. I, I know that sounds kind of weird because it <laughs> probably should be opposite. And that's well, more and of I, sort of wishing <laughs> that you yeah. would flip those. Yeah. If fun. I was your therapist, I, I would actually probably, I mean, it depends. Like if you come in, let's say every week for weeks on end and all you're doing is venting, I would probably call you on that. If I was your therapist, I would be like, can we stop in this moment and actually just like get a little bit deeper and say like, what's going on for you while you're on, while you're venting, like while you're offloading this specific topic, you know, this frustration, whatever happened, maybe in a, in a personal relationship, let's stop with the content, right? The stuff. Mm -hmm. And let's actually get deeper and find out what's coming up when you're talking about the stuff. Um, Because that's, that's the meat that's the meat and potatoes, right? Like the content of it is great. And sometimes, like I said, it is important just to offload, but it's content. Yeah. You know? And so I I would actually challenge you. I I would challenge you um, to try to pay attention to that. And and maybe in a session with your therapist, notice if, you know, venting is kind of where you go. And also sometimes that's a bit of a defense because it's a little scary to do Mm -hmm. more than content with somebody that isn't a close friend. I would challenge you to, to take a breath and say, Woo, I'm venting. Okay, what's going on for me internally? What emotions are happening? What sensations in my body are, go, are kind of coursing through me? Um, and try to put words to that. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that next time I'm with um, my therapist. I, I, I am kind of, that's another uh, subject there where I'm kind of debating if maybe I need a different one who is um, maybe more... Um, I don't know, holds me accountable more or, you know, he, he's been amazing. He's really been good, but I I don't know if in this world, if sometimes you need to go a little bit deeper. So maybe, maybe one's good for a while. And then maybe after a while you kind of got to, so that's another thing totally I'm looking normal. at. Too. Totally okay. normal, Katie. Yeah. I, I wouldn't question that feeling. If, if that's what you're feeling, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make him bad or wrong. It doesn't mean that you guys haven't done amazing work. It doesn't discredit or discount any of the stuff you've done together in that room. Um, But I would say just like sometimes friendships or relationships, like we outgrow. It's very similar with, with therapy relationships too. It's like somebody can bring you so far. It's like a relay race, right? And then maybe they hand that, that relay over to somebody else. Um, And that's super normal. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we'll need different therapists for different points in our life. Like sometimes as we're being introduced to therapy, what we really need is just a container that is like unconditional positive regard, someone holding space for us for whatever comes up. And then as we continue to evolve Mm -hmm. and move forward, we need someone who, you know, to V's point, is going to hold us a little bit accountable and challenge us into a little bit more discomfort. Or like maybe somebody who has a really amazing background in like childhood trauma, you know, for example, just to throw it out there. It's like, if that's where you're at right now and that's where you feel like you're going, then like maybe that's somebody that you, you want to work with, you know? So that's just something to think about. Yes. Thank you for that. I will definitely um, look into that because that is something I've been thinking. So that makes me feel better. To go back. So I I didn't want to like totally derail because I I think where we were going was really important as well. This idea of what are you doing, you know, to, to today's point, what are you doing to fill yourself up? Um, you know, I would be curious, I guess, before we give you, you know, quote unquote tips or advice, I would be curious to know from you in the past. So maybe like past versions of Katie, what Mm -hmm. have you done that have made you feel that has made you feel alive or that you feel like you've walked away from, you know, maybe a state of um, flow where all of a sudden hours go by and you're like, damn, I can't believe I spent four hours doing that. Or you get that sense of aliveness. I mean, do you know some of those things in, in the past that have given you that sensation? Um, I guess being outdoors in nature, hiking, um, that does that for me. Um, spending time with friends does that for me as well, but I don't want to depend on too many people if that makes sense all the time. You know, I think that, um, being able to be with yourself is so important. So I've kind of tried to steer away from hanging out with so many people every time I am feeling, you know, that way, just because I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, I want to be able to be, um, comfortable with just me Mm -hmm. and be happy with just me. But I would say hiking is probably the biggest thing that does that. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea that when I am in nature, I start to feel a little bit of that energy of flow state. And what I would be curious about is like, can you go back a little further? You know, Katie, when she was little, I think sometimes we as adults forget about some of the things that really used to bring us a sense of aliveness. Um, you know, like I, I turned on some music from my childhood a couple weeks ago and just was amazed how much like it brought me back to the, the sensation of singing in my childhood bedroom at the top of my lungs and how happy that used to make me. And I had completely forgotten. Right. Um, I think there are things that we used to like, to your point, be able to tap into by ourselves when we were kids sometimes that we haven't done in a while and can really help us to capture the essence of like what feels like aliveness for me, what feels like just a really um, beautiful state of being with myself and um, feeling some of those sensations I haven't felt in a long time. And, and maybe being outdoors is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I know that I used to get that way when I was a kid too. It still translates into being an adult. So maybe that is something. Totally. Yeah. I just, I would love to, like, I'm always so big on like having the toolkit, right? Like this is the box of things that I can pull from. And, you know, I don't know where you are in the country, Katie, but I know for a lot of people it's getting cold. So it's like, yeah, I want to like be outside and it's really hard right now. Um, so what else can I start to put in my toolkit of things that 
really remind me of what it feels like to be alive when I'm struggling to feel that way. You know, as I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I hate to say this, I don't have a ton of things. Mm. I'm not even honestly sure that I ever really felt very alive, even as a child. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, of <laughs> and I'm just drawing a blank at the moment. I'm sure when we're done here, I'll think of, of something, but yeah. And, and, you know, look, the reality also is based on, you know, we don't know the details, but if you are working through and you're processing some traumatic childhood stuff, that also feels very normal to me. Yes. Um, and it doesn't feel like I, I would have almost expected you to have a, a kind of answer like that. Mm. So just know that that doesn't feel out of the ordinary. Um, and yes, at the same time, think about it, you know, sit with that, see, see what comes up. Um, now that the seed's been planted, you might be surprised, like you might be doing the dishes tomorrow and all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn, I remember doing that one thing, right? And it might come up. Um, the other kind of avenue, I guess, would be where do you find a sense of aliveness when you're playing with your own children, especially yeah. when they were younger? Because a lot of times when we, even if we've had that traumatic childhood and a lot of it's been kind of grayed out for us emotionally, when you're in that state or that place with your kids, you tend to tap into it too, or, or, or can tap into it. Oh, you know, that's a, that's a really good point. I love doing things with my kids. I love my kids. They're like mm -hmm. everything to me. Um, just hanging out with them, I guess. And, um, you know, whatever it is that we do, whether we're doing an art project together or we're shopping or, I'm trying to think though more in depth of something that feels, I guess, painting maybe. Painting yeah, is a good, yeah. you know, when we paint. Yeah, I mean, I think that's perfect. And I think that those are the gateways. A lot of times through the lens of an adult, we will see like, yes, I'm just painting with my children. This isn't actually me dropping into my liveness, but it actually is. You know, we have, especially to V's point, if, if when I was a child, I really sort of had to be an adult, I had to grow up very quickly. Um, it's a little bit about discovering what childhood feels like as an adult, right? Like really allowing myself to like get into um, the painting and really like the joy around what this is and the colors and the ways that I can explore with this and what I can create and how that feels. And it becomes like a mindfulness exercise of just really being present with myself as I'm in the experience of painting or whatever it is, as I would have done um, when I was a child and you can like, this is where our children do become like our little gurus. They teach us how to do it. Like we watch the way that they are so present with whatever the activity is and we follow their lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that makes a lot of sense. I like you that. Know, Katie, it's, it's important for you, I think right now, um, to bring this stuff in intentionally. So, um, you know, we've, we've planted some seeds here, obviously, while we've talked, but um, be intentional about, you know what, this week, I'm going to um, get into nature once, even if it's cold, you know, I'll, I'll bundle up and take a really long walk or something. Um, I'm going to make a point to get into nature once, I'm going to make a point to catch up with a friend at least once. And I'm going to make a point to maybe sit with my kids and do something artistic at least once. Mm. Um, and when we say it like that, it's like, oh God, maybe that feels like a lot, but really it's not, right? It's like three times in the week that you could maybe do one of each of these things that we've now said is in our toolbox. Um, and to Danae's point, in doing this stuff, you might be surprised other things that might 
surface for you where you go, oh, you know what? That actually I know feels really good. Or I remember this other thing feeling really good. And then essentially your toolbox starts to grow even beyond what we're talking about now. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I think sometimes we want to make it like really, you know, like, like so much of life is heavy right now, but can I make it a little bit light, right? Like maybe I go to a craft store and I just allow my kids to sort of like run around and I do it with them too. And I allow myself to like look around the craft store with them and like, what turns me on? What makes me feel sort of excitement as I look around at all this stuff and remember some of the things that maybe I have forgotten or have never really even experienced myself as finding joy in. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Vanessa is saying. Like, I think it's um, making it like a really intentional practice of tuning in to all of these moments and noticing how it feels for me. Because you can be in the work and also still be making sure that you're finding moments of joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. You can be in the place of doing the heavy lifting, of doing the processing of childhood trauma, of doing the work of understanding and making sense of things um, and attempting to get yourself unstuck while also making sure that you're balancing this other part of your soul, this other part of your psyche. And actually I would say that part of the work is actually just as important as the heavy processing, because if we don't balance the two, it actually can kind of, it can get out of whack. Um, and what I've experienced in myself and also in clients is that sometimes we'll stay in the, uh, the stuckness even longer because we're not feeding into that other part of ourselves, um, that other part of self-care. Yes. That makes, the, I think you just nailed it in the sense of that's what's going on over here. Mm. I think that I'm so into the work that it's, become overwhelming and so thank you for saying that because I I'm going to do this I'm going to do the things to lighten it a little bit that's mm -hmm. I think that's what I've been I think that's what what I've I've been needing so thank you yeah Good. I really appreciate you bringing this to us because, you know, it was funny when today and I first read it, we were like, oh, this feels really big. This conversation feels like a little out there, not out there like crazy, but out there like big, what are we going to talk about? And I love these kind of conversations because I feel like you just brought something to us that a lot of people are going to connect to. Um, and, and so I appreciate you kind of putting words to the collective experience. Mm. Yeah. And like what it is to do this work, right? Yes, like I love yes. the way that you just described it, Fee, because I think that so often we feel like as I'm unpacking things that are difficult and as I'm sort of going back and looking at some of the challenging spaces, that this is what my life is right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is that dichotomy. Like there is also the lightness. There is still aliveness that we need to seek and make space for. And then the work becomes about like, I'm just really getting to know myself. Mm -hmm. That is what I'm in the process of doing. And in that way, it becomes like just this beautiful daily exploration of me. And thank you guys so much for, for pointing out these things to me too, because that I think they've really helped and I'm going to put them into practice so thank you. Okay, well, keep us posted, okay? Send us a note. Let us know how you're doing, you know, what pans out with the move, all that stuff, because we're always curious to know, you know, what happens next. I will do that. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, oh, thank thanks you. for being here. Take care. You too. I 
I was just saying to Janae before we push record again that I love these kind of uh, sessions because we go into them thinking like, oh boy, this feels like a big topic, meaning like there's no clear direction. And then it just, it manifests into something so beautiful um, mm. that I sometimes actually appreciate these ones more than the people that are like, this is the specific thing that I want to work through. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting whenever the word stuck comes up and I yep. feel like you and I sort of gave each other, you know, one of those like little knowing glances as we were reading through and the word stuck comes in. It's always, there's something that I need to do, right? Like that sounds weird to say I need mm -hmm. to do, but there's like some like action, um, something that I need to look at that, that maybe like as we, as we start to explore it, it becomes really clear to us. And I think both of us had just like a lot of moments of knowing like, oh, we're, we're pretty clear on like what this stuck quote is, is about for you, right? Mm -hmm. I loved the way you spoke to like the process of venting. Like you really mm -hmm. sort of like um, got in there with venting. And I think venting for Katie was a little bit where her stuckness lies mm -hmm. to me, you know, like it, like we could both sort of see like you were in the process of venting and that is keeping you stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, it's like, I, I tried to say it gently, but sometimes venting is a defense. Sometimes venting is our way of hiding behind actually going deeper. And, and look, it's a defense for a reason. Our defenses mm. exist for a reason, right? So like maybe in this moment, it sounds like she is actually dealing with a lot of heavy stuff and she's uncovered a lot of heavy stuff. So maybe this is as far as her psyche will let her go right now. And that's why the venting is happening. Mm. And maybe shining a light on that and recognizing that that's what she's doing um, will now allow her to go, okay, take a breath. This is going to be tough. And I'm going to move forward past the venting into the next layer uh, of depth, right? And I think that's something that a lot of us need to, to I don't know, be more conscious of. Um, mm. uh, is am I venting right now or am I, am I being constructive in my processing? Yeah. And even that, you know, the, the thing of that, you know, I can go so far in the work, maybe with one person, maybe with one therapist, but that I need to continue to be challenging myself to look at like, where am I growing? Where am I like a little bit uncomfortable in a good way? And if, if that's not the case, am I sort of slipping into a pattern of just like continuing to like ruminate the same space and maybe I need to move forward somehow? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then finally, you know, this, this last kind of area that we, we touched on with her is something else. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people struggle with, which is it's almost giving yourself permission to call in the aliveness. It's giving yourself permission mm. to call in the joy and the light um, and the, yeah, the joy. I mean, so many times I think we're in this place of, okay, I'm doing the work and there's a lot of things going on and I'm, you know, I'm being the emotional rock for maybe my daughter and my husband and there's all this stuff going on. Uh, and so I'm not going to allow myself, or maybe I even feel kind of guilty when I actually tap into or allow joy to be there. And, you know, what I called out to her was you need both. You mm -hmm. actually cannot continue to go forward into the heavy stuff without occasionally allowing yourself to tap into the joy, into the aliveness. Um, and I don't think a lot of us realize sometimes how important that is. And that's, that's just as much the work. Yeah. And I think especially right now, especially yeah. in yeah. the midst of this global pandemic where so many people do feel stuck and yeah. like their life is on hold until things return to some sort of normalcy and 
we can't sort of put our life on hold until right. life feels normal again. We still have to find that balance of where can I find joy? Where can I find aliveness, even in the midst of what is challenging? Um, because we don't know how long this period of time will last, right? right? And that is so important, not only for us, but for us modeling it for our children and the rest of the people in our lives, right? Yeah. Huh, this was a good one. This yeah, was a, I really a good this one. session. I feel like you guys are, you know, hopefully sitting in this space of mulling it over like we are because mm. it brought up a lot for me too. And also a reminder for myself, I think, to tap into the joy. Sometimes, sometimes we need that reminder too. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. All right, guys. Be well. everybody. So if you're wanting to dig a little bit deeper into the conversations that we're having, we are both a part of a community called the Tat Lab. Some of the topics we lead groups in exploring are how to navigate the experience of singlehood after an expired relationship, reparenting yourself, and breaking down codependency from a 101 class to boundaries to perfectionism and self-worth. And if you're curious, you can go to tat-lab.com. Not only check us out there, but also all the other awesome therapists and coaches that lead groups on a ton of different topics. So we hope to see you guys there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.